Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. Just checking in on you. Seeing how your work's going, your work week's going. How are you? How are people doing down there in Cuba, Dominican Republic, uh, east coast of Florida, huh? Hurricane Dorian. Is that what what they're calling it? Hurricane Dorian. Now, is that like a gender neutral name? Have they taken it that far with political correctness? Because I don't know, nor name meaning. Let's see what this means. Uh, Dorian is a unisex name. I called it. Woo! Who says I'm not progressive? So what is that? That's Dorth, Dorothea and Nathaniel combined. Is that what it is? Dorothy? No, it's Ian. It's Dorothy and Ian combined. That's what I'm guessing. All right, it's a unisex given name of Greek origin. Oh, is that like the half horse, half guy thing? Except now it's half horse, half uh, lady. Well, why is the lady in the bell? Let's put her up front. Let's have that. Let's have the guy be the ass. There we go. That's progressive. That's how they're going to start drawing that thing. No way, because it's, it's half a goat. I'm surprised Peter hasn't had a problem with that. Um, in Greek, the meaning of the name Dorian is of Doris, a district of Greece, or of Doros, a legendary Greek hero. Doros was the founder of Dorian, the Dorian tribe, and the most likely origin of the Doris name was the Greek word Doran, meaning gift. Oh, well, there you go. See that? You, you, you think you don't learn things when you listen to a man who doesn't read other than rock autobiographies. <laughs> Quarterbacks from the 70s, autobiographies. That's what I read. That's what I'm bringing to. Why am I yelling at you guys? Because uh, I'm excited because I still have not got over the fact that I'm actually home. I'm home. And you know what I got in one of our bathrooms? Because nobody used it for months on end. We got, we got, oh, we got the black mold. The African-American mold. Sorry, don't offend anybody. It's, this is the, the bad kind, right? And it's just because of the color. This, this has nothing to do with race before I get in trouble here. But I guess this is, this is the Mick Mars kind that you don't want to have in your fucking house. So um, now I got I to gotta go over to fucking Home Depot. I got to go get the mask. I got to get the gloves, I got to pour a cup of fucking, you know, bleach in there and then up in the tank and then make sure. And then, you know what? I'm going to do everything that they fucking say. No matter how much I do what they say, I'm going to get all these emails from you guys going, Bill, oh, my God, you need to burn that fucking bathroom down. There's no fucking. It's just just it's just a little bit. You know, it's like all you fucking recreational cokehead users. You don't go out and buy an eight ball. You walk by, you do a little bump off a fucking ironing board and then, you know, you continue on. You know, you do your little mashed potato dance, whatever the fuck you kids do nowadays. What, what are the hip dance, huh? The uh, go-go. I don't even, I'm, I'm so not a dancer, I don't even fucking know the name of dances. The running man. That's the last name that I knew. And then for some reason, there was the, um, the Harlem something or other, which I didn't under even, the Harlem shake. I remember that, and then it came back again, and it was something different. It was just white people acting like idiots in videos. I believe. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not into that internet shit. As I sit here on the, you know, those, those dumb fads 
Yes, Bill, the ones you make fun of every podcast. All right, easy. All I know is college football starts honey, starts this fucking Saturday. Alabama Crimson Tide, they're playing Duke. Huh? This is the dummies versus the smarties game. Well, if you're so fucking smart, why can't you win a football game, right? That's the stereotype of both schools, is that Duke is smart and that Alabama is a bunch of mouth-breathing fucking morons. And um, <laughs> I, I, I was too dumb to get into either school, so y'all, all y'all seem smart to me. Um, all right, let's see who my LSU Tigers are playing this year, huh? My LSU Tigers. I'm from Massachusetts, and I've adopted this team. LSU football schedule. Let's see, who do we got? Oh, Jesus, we're starting off with the powerhouse, Georgia Southern. Just when you didn't think Georgia was south enough. This is south of Georgia, people. Even Leonard Skinner was scared when they went to this fucking campus. Then we, then we got, uh, oh, oh we're, we're ranked six. We? We're ranked six. We got Texas Longhorns, 10th. How about them coming back? That program came back. That was scary there for a few years. Good for them. Then we got N- NW State. I don't even know what that is. Northwestern State, North Wyoming, North Walla Walla. I have no idea. Then we got Vanderbilt. Nate Bargatze, I'll take some money off of him. He's got too much pride. He's got more pride than brains. I'm going to bet him on that game. I'll win some fucking sta- cash. Then we got Utah State. Then we got Florida. That's the first big one. On the 12th. Oh, would you look at this shit. Then we get into the SEC. Mississippi State the next week. Then you got Auburn. The Auburn Tigers. LSU. There's going to be a battle of mascots. Then they got Alabama. On the 9th. Will they still be ranked 6th? At that point. Usually at that time of year, Alabama's ranked number 1. And one fucking game screws them over. Something fucks them, it seems. Then we got Mississippi. Then we got Arkansas, and then we got Texas A&M, who, believe it or not, is part of the SEC if you've been snoozing the last couple of years. That's a great fucking schedule. Not an easy schedule. It's a great schedule, though. Now I'm going to listen to all the fucking Big Ten people. The SEC's fucking weak. Um, all right. So anyways, let's talk, about, let's talk about movies. I finally went out and saw Quentin Tarantino's eighth movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All right? And you know they got that website, uh, Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes. All right. Well, I'm going to start my own here. All right. Old Freckles, thumbs up to thumbs down. I fucking loved that movie. I fucking loved that movie. That was the fastest two hours and 45 minutes of my life. When the dude came out, you know, and he made a joke. We were at the Arclight. You know, when he came out, he goes, this is uh, Quentin Tarantino's movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It stars Margot Robbie and a bunch of other people. And that was in reference to, I guess, a bunch of people were disappointed that she wasn't in the movie more, which I thought she was in the movie a lot. She didn't say a lot, but she conveyed a lot. You know? I don't know. But then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I understand why so many women are complaining, because I think throughout history in Hollywood, you know, I don't know about you guys, but personally, I am waiting for beautiful blonde white women to be represented positively in American cinema. (laughs) 
I don't know. I saw the trailer and I was like, this is a Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio movie. I don't know where the fucking confusion was. Um, I'm no, and by the way, no spoiler alert. I should have said that early on. Everybody just shut up my podcast. I'm not going to ruin anything other than to say that I fucking loved it. And I've been having a great, I went with my lovely wife and we've been, you know, throwing around all of our theories and all of that shit. My buddy Dean's already seen it twice. I got to see it again because I was spending a lot of time looking at the cars. Um, and there was all these great, classic, hilarious fucking lines in it. I absolutely fucking wire to wire loved, loved that fucking movie. Um, and one of my favorite things one time, uh, Quentin Tarantino, he was talking about making movies. And people would say, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. And he was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And those are the people. Those are the people you, you want to go see their movies. Those are the comedians you want to see. I can say whatever the fuck I want to say. You know? Fucking jerk-offs. Anyway, so I guess there was some sort of scandal about that. I thought Margot Robbie absolutely fucking killed it in the movie. And I thought she was a major part of it. You know, what she was conveying, the story that she was telling without speaking. I mean, the skill set just to do that was amazing. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking about it too much, but I absolutely loved it. I give it a giant, pasty, freckled thumbs up. Way the fuck up. So, uh, if you're thinking about seeing it, and believe me, it, it flies by. It flies by. I loved it. Um, other than that, I am still rehabbing. It's a rough transition here. Go from a movie that I loved with my, uh, my varicose vein fucking surgery or whatever. I was supposed to fucking lay off it for seven days. And I was going a little fucking stir crazy. So I, I just, I went down, you know, I played a little bit of drums just for a little bit. It's my hi-hat leg. I didn't think it was a big deal, but I guess I was tapping my leg and I, I bugged it just a little bit. Just, just a little you know, I, I, sound, I sound like the little kid in that Richard Pryor bit, you know? I, was, I wasn't really running, running. Um, so I kind of fucked it up a little bit, but um, it seems to be healing up nicely. My leg was purple, and now it's, a, it's a, a light purple with some disgusting yellow. And it looks like my whole leg has jaundice. Um, Pretty soon, pretty soon, it's going to be all healed up. And you know what? For the first time in a long time, I can hit the street wearing my boy shorts. And that's all I wanted out of this operation, to be honest with you. I really did. Um, no, but thank you to, to the people that worked on me. I feel better. I, I know I fucked up a little bit. I probably shouldn't be saying this. They'll use this against me in a court of law. Well, is it true, Bill, that you went down and played drums? For some reason, the guy's dressed like Matlock and actually talks like a guy who dresses like Matlock. Um, the Colonel Sanders look. Um, yeah, so last night I went and I went down to the Laugh Factory. I did uh, Jay Davis's birthday show, Happy Birthday to him, and then I did Brian Callen's show afterwards. And uh, been trying out my new shit, which I have to do because the trailer for my new special. Went out today. It's on all my social media. It's coming out September 10th. And what I need you guys to do is, is, is tell everybody to watch this thing so that I can continue, you know, <laughs> living, uh, pro- uh, prolonging my adolescence by having this silly job. I had so much fucking fun last night. I hadn't been to the, uh, hadn't been to the Laugh Factory in a minute. I had a fucking great time. A lot of funny people 
down there in front of me and all of that shit. And, uh, and I've been trying to do this thing, that bit about lesbians, that the first time I did it, those two chicks fucking screamed at me, walked out, and then waited for me to fucking come out and then yelled at me some more. And now I'm doing the bit, and it's killing. All right? These fucking assholes. It's like it's a new bit. I'm working it out. All right? I'm going to find the funny. You fucking cunts. So I think I found the funny. And I don't want to tell you all my subjects, but uh, I just had a great time last night. And, and, of course, I said it perfectly the first show, and then you come up on the second show trying to remember how you said it, and then you fuck up because you're not in the moment again, and the whole thing goes to shit. But... um it was definitely a, uh, definitely a good night. Banged out two shows, and I got to get ready because I got Vegas coming up next week. Um, I think that's September 6th, Friday night, and then I'm hanging around because I'm going to go see Elton John because he's on his, his you know, three-year farewell tour. I know it's kind of funny, but eventually the guy has a lot of fans. I mean, it's taken this guy probably half a decade to say goodbye to everybody, and I want to make sure that I see him. You know, hold me close, it's time to dance. I want to see the whole thing. Going with the lovely Nia. I think Dean might be going too. We're going to have a fucking great time. So I'm looking forward to that. But I got to make sure that I don't bomb with my new shit. Well, actually, my special won't be out yet. But I, I did my other hour. My last hour. The last time I was there. So I got to make sure I got all, all, kinds of, uh, all kinds of new shit. So it should be a, uh, a good time. That's September 6th. And, uh, and that's it. And with that, let's get on with the podcast here. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Hurricane, that Hurricane Dorian. Google News here. You can track its path. Let's check out my geography here. These poor fucking people, man. The balls it takes to live where all of these people live. If you actually have, like, if you actually have the money to get the fuck out of there. It really says a lot about Florida, you know? I get people in Cuba. I mean, you're not allowed to leave. Dominican Republic, Haiti, all these fucking places. I mean, it's, a, it's a Puerto Rico. You're on an island. It's hard to get the fuck out of there. I mean, you, you, you get in a car, eventually you get to the ocean. Yes, Bill, we understand what an island is. You're in Florida. I mean, you, just, you can just start fucking driving. You can get the fuck out of there, right? So here it is. They're projecting it. Today, it seems to be, it's just north of Puerto Rico, and uh, they're saying, well, actually, no, now it's north of fucking the Dominican Republic. Oh, that's how it goes. It goes Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Haiti, Cuba, and then Jamaica's down south there. So anyway, the, uh, they're projecting that it's going to hit uh, Florida September 2nd or September 3rd. Jesus Christ. How the fuck do you, I mean, every year. You got to deal with that shit now. Every fucking year. Was it always like that? Every fucking year. Look at the Rolling Stones moved their Miami Gardens concert up to get ahead of Hurricane Dorian. God bless them. You know, we want to get down there and make sure we don't have to take your money off your dead drowning carcass. We got to get down there. (laughs) We got to get down there. We're going to get your money, give you one last fucking show. And then, right, everybody be safe. Try to stay dry. Thank you for your money. Go fuck yourselves. And then they get get the fuck out of there. Nobody does the road like the Rolling Stones. They even know when some of you are going to die. 
And then they fucking get in there and they get your fucking money beforehand. Now that's, see, now that's how you do the fucking road. Trump cancels Poland trip as Hurricane bears down on Florida. Does he realize where fucking Poland is? He can fly right by it. Oh, he cares about Florida. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, I wonder if a fucking hurricane was hitting L.A. <laughs> Probably reloc- relocate to Poland. He wouldn't give a fuck about us out here. That son of a bitch. Um, many genes influence same-sex sexuality. Not a single gay gene. This is un... What in the fuck are we doing? Why do we need to know that? Are they going to make, you know, gay robots? And straight robots? I'm telling you, you guys are all out of your fucking mind. Anybody went on that Ancestry.com, you just gave your fucking DNA to the internet. Are you out of your fucking minds? Like, where... where can that go in a good place? I know. They, they can see if you're susceptible to this and whatever. It's going to land in the wrong fucking hands. Uh, but whatever. That's what you want to do. I'm just here to recommend movies and talk about football schedules. That, that's all I'm trying to do here. I'm not trying to be anything beyond what I am. You know, last night when I did that show, um, somebody I hadn't seen in a while sent me a picture and was like, dude, I was in the crowd, didn't have time to say hello. Great set. And he took a picture of me. Oh, my God. What gravity is doing to me? It's just fucking my fucking. I already put on. I don't know how much I put on since the movie. I had the audacity to wear a T-shirt last night. I'm in my 50s. You don't wear a fucking T-shirt. You got to put another shirt over yourself. So I don't know. Whatever. I'm going to blame my leg. The second this is over, I'm going to start working out again like the soccer mom workout that I do because I'm too fucking old to do anything else. My shoulders are too fucked up to lift weights anymore. So now I, I got to do like, uh, like my, my workouts now I have like mats. <laughs> I do like yoga and fucking I get on the elliptical. I just had to admit that I was old. You know, I'll tell you who's aging in dog years is all those fucking lunatics. They look great, but those lunatics who are doing CrossFit, every time I drive by, you know, and they always have the fucking, you know, it's such a voyeuristic workout. Like, look at us. We're working out. Right. Or maybe it's green. They don't want to waste all that energy with treadmills. But I think it really is like they, you're just screaming for attention. So they got the garage door up and you look in and I swear to God, half, at least 60% of the fuck, half to 60% of the time I drive by, I just see them doing something and I just wince. Um, I know that's because I'm fucking old, but, like, they're going to be old someday, too. And, you, you know, just blowing out your fucking joints. This is something I learned. I, you know, this is obvious, but I wasn't thinking about it. Yeah, you need your knees and your shoulders for your entire life. You know, I don't know. There's two things that I, I would invest in um, as far as just sort of random things. Um, Whoever the people are that work on joints and shit like that, the osteoporosis doctors, what do you call those fucking joint doctors, right? I would invest in that and I would pull my money out of weed because I think it's going to be over, overly saturated and know that I don't have any idea about any, what's going on in any of these markets. Just know that as I'm telling this to you. I would take my money out of weed, man, and then I would stick it in... Uh, any sort of company that is working on um, the next level tattoo removal uh, doohickey, 
Because I was out there driving down the fucking street. Oh, I was out there, man. I was driving down that fucking street, man. I was out there, and uh, I looked over, and there was this beautiful woman. And she just had tattoos that started on her arm, went up to her shoulder, up to her neck, and all on the side of her face. And it was like she had a bunch of leaves. They weren't filled in yet. So I imagine the tattoo isn't finished, and she's eventually going to do a bunch of other shit. But Jesus Christ, with the face fucking tattoos. Do you know I actually went down a rabbit hole, and I somehow was looking up all this mumble rap shit? Which is hilarious, because it had the history of mumble rap. It started off with this guy. They were making fun of his haircut. And, like, it looked like the same haircut uh, Brian Jones had in the Rolling Stones, that page boy haircut. Then he had, like, glasses on, and he was fucking, seemed to be fucking wasted. And he was just like, hey, follow y'all making fun of my haircut? Just want to tell you, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and, like, that was the video. And I was just like, wow, that guy needs fucking rehab. That guy needs rehab like I need sit-ups. Hey, let me tell you. Um, So I was like, oh, there's another mumble rap guy. I want to say he had a face tattoo. I I can't keep it fucking straight. I don't don't know things, right? So I fucking, um, I go online and I just look up mumble rap. And then they had this really cool video. It's the history of mumble rap. And what was funny was I ended up downloading like half the songs. (laughs) Couldn't understand what the fuck they were saying. Not that some of them, they weren't really mumbling. I didn't think they were. I, this is me actually getting transported finally musically from like, I don't know how long ago until, I think somewhere along the line, I don't know, like some 12 years ago, I just kind of lost it as far as like even knowing what it was even remotely fucking popular. So now I'm like about three years behind. So I downloaded the Migos Bad and Bougie. Fucking love that. Didn't have difficulty understand what they, what they were saying. It's just, you know, some of the references I obviously didn't get. And then I downloaded uh, 21 Savage, No Heart. Um, that was a little more mumbly. You know, we've all been there. You know, who hasn't had a little codeine with their fucking breakfast? But, uh, yeah, so I was actually, I, and I went down this rabbit hole reading up on all of this shit. Not reading up. I was watching videos, Bill. You don't read. That's right. I wasn't. And I came across this, these two fucking young kids and they were saying, they were saying Biggie Smalls was overrated. And I was like, wow. Shots fired. That, hearing that was right up there where I, when I saw um, Beware of Mr. Baker, that documentary on, on uh, Ginger Baker, and he said... Um, he trashed John Bonham. I don't know where the, the guy, you know, doing the documentary was like going, hey, man, uh, what do you think about John Bonham? He goes, John Bonham couldn't swing a sack of shit. <laughs> I almost fell out of my chair. I've never heard anybody trash him. Oh, wait a minute. Keith Richards did. What am I talking about? Keith Richards. Called him a runaway 18-wheeler or something. Um. I'm literally sitting here. I just moved my fucking recorder. Now I'm wrapped all up in the wires. I don't know how much easier I can make this shit on myself. And then, ah, and then it drops. Then it drops to the fucking ground. Come on, Bill. 
When are you going to get it together? Oh, you know what it is? The, the microphone got all twisted up here. So what you got to do is let it dangle. Let it dangle. All right, let me do the... Uh, let me do the, uh, the reads here. I apologize how scatterbrained this fucking thing is. I'm just freaking out that my special's coming out. I just want it to come out and people to like it and people who hate it to hate it and then just get past it and move on with my fucking life. You know, because I'm in that thing. It's locked. It's coming out. There's nothing I can do about it. And, uh, you know, and I always go, whenever, whenever my special comes out, I just go, I, you know, I just go offline for a, a little bit. And then when I come back, uh, people are talking about other shit. They're upset about other things, and they've just fucking moved on from whatever the fuck they were going to say about my shit. Because I, 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 you know, I don't need the feedback. It's, it's too late. It's already out there. What am I going to fix it? Um, all right. Helix, everybody. Helix! Helix Sweet, man. Helix Sleep. It's built, uh, Helix Sleep built a sleep quiz that takes two minutes to complete, and they use the answers to match your body type and sleep preference to the perfect mattress. Whether you're in a side sleeper, or whether you're a side sleeper, a hot sleeper, gross, like a plush or a firm bed, with Helix, there's no more guessing or compromising. Can you imagine if you met the most beautiful woman in the world, right? This is always the scenario with guys. Most beautiful woman in the world, everything was perfect. But when she slept, she just like soaked the fucking bed to the point that gradually somewhere around 2.30, 2.45 in the morning, like the sheets underneath you started to get wet and you started to get cold. And you would wake up shivering every night as she sat there sort of like, you know, in her REM sleep, gorgeous, but like her fucking eye, eye, eyeballs going back and forth. Would you do it? But she's a sweetheart. You know, but she also is needy. And you're like, is it okay if I sleep down the hall? No, I want to sleep with you. I'm just, I can't help it. And she's so beautiful that you just give in. But every night at a quarter to three in the morning, you're just fucking sitting there. And you're looking at her and you're shivering, right? And you can't grab the fu- any of the blankets or anything off the bed because they're all fucking soaking wet too, Right? So now you got to go in the bathroom. You got to put on like a fucking bathrobe. She kind of wakes up a little bit. Oh, what are you doing? What, was I sweating again? And then you just got to be like, yeah, yeah, it, but it's all right. We'll come back to bed. You know, I don't like being in the sweaty bed by myself. And you have to fucking make that choice. You think as a man, a weak man, you could ever block out her otherworld beauty how long would it take you? This is, this is my question for you. How long would it take you before you had, you had had it? All right? And one of those days you were just like, I'm fucking, I mean, one of those days you just go to bed with like, uh, I don't know, some sort of waterproof clothes on. Well, then you'd sleep through the night. No, no, you got you to gotta take it one last night. Her gross fucking night sweat. Soaking your jam jams. Then you'd have to slip out of bed. <laughs> Why do you got to do it that way? Why can't you just break up with her? Just wake up the next morning, you know? You don't even shower. You just have this ring of salt all over your body from her. This is really gross. Uh, whether you're a side sleeper, a hot sleeper, like a plush or firm bed, with Helix, there's no more guessing or compromising. Just go to helixsleep.com slash burr. Take their two-minute 
sleep quiz. If you're a dummy like me, it probably takes three minutes there. And they'll match you to a mattress that will keep you the that will give you the best sleep you've had in your life. For couples, Helix can even slip up the mattress. Split up the mattress, sorry, down the middle, providing individual support needs and feel preferences for each side. Well, do you got a little dam in the middle for a hot sleeper um, to keep the other person dry? You know, you got the AC on during the summertime. I mean, Jesus Christ, you could catch pneumonia. Helix Sleep was even awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 by GQ and Wired Magazine. I didn't know GQ reviewed mattresses. I just thought it was all suits and cigars and shit. CNN, and CNN called it the most comfortable mattress they've ever slept on. Well, I'll tell you when they were sleeping on that. During the last election, am I right, everybody? Woo! Uh, they have, that was for the red states. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights, risk-free. Right now, Helix, Helix is offering $125 of mattress orders for our listeners. Get up to $125 at Helix Sleep. Off at helixsleep.com slash burr. That's helixsleep.com slash burr for $125 off your mattress order. Helixsleep.com slash burr. H-E-L-I-X. All right. Well, I want to thank all the teachers that wrote in. Uh, Mr. Themelis is actually coming over right now, and we're uh, going to play a little fucking uh, podcast Santa Claus. Help out some of these public school teachers, and uh, maybe this can be a thing. Maybe this will be maybe this will be my cause that eventually the cause fades into the background and it becomes more about me. You know, like when Sally Struthers used to just fucking walk by those starving kids and she had, you know, remember all those bits people used to do where she had all the makeup on and all the hair was all teased. I'm fucking with you. She's a saint. She went over there and she helped people out. What's a better example? I don't know. I'll probably be the be the best example of self-involved as I am. Um. By the way, what I liked about some of that mumble rap is uh, I don't need to know what the fuck they're talking about as long as, it, as long as the track sounds good. And what I liked was on one of those, the hi-hat it was, it was playing 16th notes. In the beginning, it was a little fucking 30-second notes burst. This is for the just drummers. And then it's 16th notes. And then to the end of two, it was like a triplet. And then you go right back to 16th notes, which was, you know, and it was a syncopated beat, too, where the bass drum was on the end of two and the end of three. If I lost you yet? Um, I really enjoyed the fucking challenge of that because I never, I never would think to play something like that. So that's what I've always liked about, uh, you know, I guess rap music is I've always listened to the fucking beats first and then listened to what the person was saying. And I got to admit, a lot of them lose me because all they're doing is just bragging about all the shit that they have. And after a while, it's like, I get it. You got a lot of stuff. But I like the storytellers, which is why I always loved Biggie, because I felt like his, his, his raps were like movies. Um, I could like see the whole fucking thing. I like, that's what I liked about Richard Pryor. Like, I, I go back and listen to his albums that I listened to as a kid. I know what everybody in that joke looks like. I still have it in my head. And sometimes when I listen, when I haven't heard it in a while and I listen to it and it starts playing in my head like an old episode of TV, I have to remind myself, like, wait a minute. Like, I just, this just came into my head because of what he was saying. That's how good this guy is. So that's what blew me away when those people were saying that he wasn't that good. But I also understand that. Because every generation has to do that, right? They got to slay the people, whatever they say. Um, 
I would just say, but you, you got to be going pretty hard to say that that guy wasn't, was overrated. Um, all right. And with that, and with that, okay, that's the podcast. Uh, sorry about that. It was really disjointed this time. I just freaking the fuck out. I hope you guys like the special. Um, I can tell you this. It's the best looking one I ever did. Mike Binder absolutely killed it. He's the guy who directed it. And I got to know him a long time ago when I was doing this movie called Black or White with Kevin Costner. And uh, we have remained friends ever since. He's one of my favorite people in this business. And like, I knew he was going to do a good job when we, we first talked about it. I should, I got to have him on the podcast to talk about how this whole thing came together. But um, I'm, even if people don't like my jokes, just fucking hit mute and just see how, how he put the thing together. It's absolutely gorgeous. I don't think I've ever said that about a stand-up special, but it's fucking gorgeous, despite the fact that I'm in the middle of it. Um, all right, so that's it. Uh, tell everybody, September 10th. Come on, man, I need you guys. You got to be there for me. Make it a safe comedy space for me. Um, by the way, congratulations to Sebastian uh, for fucking crushing it on one of the iconic stand-up gigs you can have, uh, the MTV Music Awards. Don't listen to any of that shit that people wrote because he crushed it on that, and the initial feedback was 100% positive, and then one person has a problem with it, and then that gets, that's the one that everybody latches onto. Um, he absolutely killed it, and uh, I'm so happy for him. Continued success to him. And speaking of him, he's gonna he's in the uh, Kill the Irish movie, uh, Kill the Irishman movie with uh, Martin Scorsese, and uh, and that's it. Don't listen to fucking nine people bitch moaning and complaining, and that becomes the story. But that that is the story because that's enough people. That's all you need, and then everybody starts paying attention. He fucking killed it. Um, so that's it. Uh, have a great weekend, you cunts, and listen to the music. And here's the greatest hits. Uh, Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast from uh, last year, five years ago. I don't know how he does it. All right, that's it. Thank you for listening. September 10th, Paper Tiger on Netflix. All right. Bill Burns, it's the Monday morning podcast for August 29th, 2011. And uh, this is a very special podcast because uh, I think the first time in my podcasting history, going back to June of 2007, back to Robert Kelly's apartment where it all began, 
that faithful day when he set up my podcast and I did my first podcast. Albeit it was only a 20-second podcast, it was still a podcast. Uh, this is the first time in history I've ever been stranded. I'm stranded because uh, I don't know if you guys heard there was a hurricane. I, I, I can see how you might have missed it. You might have been watching Lifetime for the last 36 fucking hours. Um, yeah, I'm stranded. Right now I am on a piece of driftwood, and fortunately I had my computer bag and a generator. So uh, I'll be hand-cranking it throughout this podcast, but uh, I'm okay. I have on some uh, mittens and some Kevlar. No, I'm fucking – I'm in this hotel. You know what they did. They basically they, – they scared the shit out of everybody. Christ, you cooked the shit out of it. They they scared the living sh- – what the fuck is with the Weather Channel? What's the deal? What the Weather Channel? You know, uh, you, can't, you can't shout fire in a crowded movie theater, but evidently you can have your own channel and tell everybody that they're going to fucking die, drown, or get crushed by a tree for three fucking days straight and screw up. Who the fuck's got the heavy feet up there? It's got to be kids. You know, when was the last time you saw a graceful child? You know, they're so used to, they're so new to running. They've only been doing it for like four years, just stomping all over the place with their brand new spinal cord. Nothing hurts. They just run around immune to anything. Jesus Christ. Has anybody ever done that? You know, when they do that, when they, they film joggers in slow motion, how much their calves are fucking, you know, shaking and the impact of it. I bet little kids it's even worse. You know? They just come straight down on their foot. There's no roll, no nothing. Anyways, what the hell am I talking? I'm talking about these people on the Weather Channel. It's unbelievable. Three fucking days. They're, they're talking. It's gonna be the worst storm the East Coast has ever seen. I had six shows. Six shows this weekend at the Stress Factory. I only got to do three of them because these fucking assholes got everybody so goddamn scared. You know. Ah, it's just un- unbelievable. What what happens? What happens? It's always slams into the south, you know, where it deserves to be. Those inbred sons of bitches down there, all fucking related. That's it's God. God's doing it to you. Oh Jesus, right? He sends it in there, and then it hit and he fucking swoops away a couple people in the Carolinas. And by the time it comes up here, it really doesn't do anything. A couple of trees fall down. Oh, the water's up to my ankles. A couple of basements get flooded. What the fuck really happens? Jesus Christ, they canceled all the flights for like two, three days. So now here I am, stuck in New Jersey. I have no goddamn shows, and I can't get out of here until Tuesday. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's Sunday night. I'm sitting in this fucking hotel room. Thanks to the goddamn weather channel. I swear to God, 40 guys with chainsaws could clean up all of New Jersey. There's really no problem. And they sat there saying that, oh, it's coming right at New Jersey. Scaring the shit out of these people. Everybody going down to the supermarket buying gallons of milk. What the fuck are you going to do with that gallon of milk? How does that help you in a flood other than drag you under? You <laughs> Are you going to dump... Two gallons of milk out and use that as like a flotation device you can duct tape to your back. What are you going to do with your milk, sir? Your milk and your eggs? What are you going to do? 
Can you imagine the amount of sore udders out there because of this fucking storm? Huh? The amount of chicken sphincters that are fucking raw from laying all those goddamn eggs. I don't know where the eggs come. They don't come out of the ass. Where do they come out of the chicken pussy? Is that where it comes out of? Huh? You freak. Who goes to bestiality.com and can answer that one? Don't even lie to me that you went to veterinarian school because I'm not buying it. If you went to that school, you're too smart to listen to this podcast. All right? So if you know the answer to that, that means you're fucking chickens on a regular basis. And I don't want to hear otherwise. All right? So go back out to the coop and have a good time, you fucking weirdo. Oh, God, I'm in a mood. I'm in a fucking mood. Yeah, they canceled my flight. And uh, somehow I was able to get, I actually got a window seat, which is good. You know? Ah, Jesus Christ. I got I to gotta get my own helicopter. That's what I want. A helicopter. Helicopter that leads to a jet. That's what I want. <laughs> no, I'll rent the helicopter. And it lands on every hotel or on top of the comedy club the second I'm done. And I walk up into the attic of the comedy club. I jump on it. And I fly away. And then I land at some private airport. And then I... I I get on a private jet, and then they take that shit that they give you right before they remove your 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 appendix. You know, some sort of gas. They knock me out, and then next thing I know, they're just nudging me, Mister Burr. <laughs> We've landed in California. That's how I want to fucking travel. And I don't give a shit what it does to the ozone layer. And I don't give a shit how much of a of an arrogant ass it makes me. I don't give a fuck. How much I won't be able to relate to my crowd because my life is that awesome? I don't care if my numbers slowly back go go back down again. I want to go home. I haven't been home. Remember last week when I was talking about work, walk, working in Nashville? Just a good old boy. Remember that? Never meaning no harm. I don't mean no harm. Shit, I'm just fucking stupid. Um, yeah, I'm still I'm still on the fucking road. I went from Nashville Wednesday. Oh, I flew to Nashville, then I did shows. Uh, what was it Thursday? I don't. I don't remember. I'm seeing double right now. I have no fucking idea. Oh no! Wait. I, I Wednesday, and then I did shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I flew to New York. I ran my Letterman set right in front of fucking these New Zealand water polo team the night before. Of course, it ate its balls. Then I went on the Letterman show. Right? When it counted, I fucking delivered. You know, fucked up in the end, thought he was going for another handshake. I was like, I'll oblige. And he was like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, hey, it's your show. Other than that, I thought it was pretty smooth, if I do say so myself. So I got that out of the way. Then I had two days to hang in New York. And then I came down to New Jersey. And I'm like, this is going to be great. I got the pressure of Letterman off me. That's off my fucking back. And uh, now what? Now what do I do? I get to go to one of my favorite clubs in the country. The Stress Factory. I was already talking to uh, Vinny Brand, the club owner. He's got a boat. We were going to go out on his boat on Sunday. Everything was going to be great. All the shows were fucking sold out. Had a great time. And then what happens? These fucking nerds on the Weather Channel... What do they do? They turn out all the lights in their studio and they put a flashlight under their chin. (laughs) And just start scaring the living shit out of people. 
And you know what kills me is every fucking time people buy into it. I was joking about it all weekend. I'm like, nothing's going to happen. I am in my hotel room. I don't even have a fucking Snickers bar. Nothing's going to happen. You're going to be fine. All these people going out gathering up fucking food for what? People, do you realize how long you can go without food? Food is no big deal. You need water. That's what the fuck you need. That's what you need. I'm actually looking here on uh, whogivesafuck.com. How long can a person survive without food and water? Uh, Basically, it depends on a number of factors, such as body weight, genetic variations, other health considerations, whether you're a fat fuck or not. Uh, Most importantly, the presence or absence of dehydration. As long as you got water, people, you can basically go 46 to about 73 days without without food. Then that was based on uh, 10 individuals who died on a hunger strike, and they all died between 46 days and 73 days, as long as they drank water. If you don't have water, I believe you're dead in about three days. All right? So enough with the fucking milk and eggs. All these soccer moms now for the next fucking three weeks. Who wants who wants cereal? Who wants the, well, you're having cereal and you're having an omelet. This isn't going to go to waste. These fucking people telling you to fill up your goddamn bathtub full of full of <laughs> full of water, just in case. Jesus fucking Christ! I'd rather die than drink out of my bathtub. All right. I wash my fucking dog in there. I'm not drinking out of that thing. Why can't I just stick my head out the window and drink the raindrops? I think those wouldn't those be cleaner. Then the goddamn tub that I wash my dog in and then hit with chemicals. I'll have stomach cancer by the time the fucking rescue boat comes. You just get water, everybody. Get water. Get yourself a couple of fucking Zagnut bars. And then go down, go down, go down to a goddamn uh, fucking 7-Eleven and go buy an $8 poncho. You're fine. You're in a house. You're fine. Fucking people who weather you know how much f- they cost me half my goddamn gig money. We could have had shows. We could have had shows Saturday night. It was raining hard Saturday night. It could have done both shows. Everybody could have got their fucking laughs. Everybody goes home, and then at night, oogly boogly. The fucking hurricane. You know how hurricanes come through the northeast. It's like. It's like an old prize fighter by the time it comes to us. It's all fucking punch drunk and people who have no business standing out in it because they should have got knocked out, have no fucking problem, and they just sit there laughing at it. All right? That's what it is. That's what a hurricane is in the Northeast. It, you know, when it's down south, it's Cassius Clay right before he becomes Muhammad Ali. By the time it gets up to Jersey and New York, it's fucking Ali when he fought Larry Holmes. Every fucking time yet these people they all run out the weather channel how long you guys you guys think fox news lies to you or cnn depending on what side of the political fence you're on you want to you want to see some lies put on the weather channel anytime there's a storm scaring the shit out of you every time there's going to be it's going to be four to six inches holy shit that's almost up to my calves how will i ever get to where the food is 
46 inches. Jesus Christ. Who are they talking to? 80-year-olds? Even then, you know? 80-year-old people, they'll be fine. They are, they're already wearing a sweater. <laughs> they're dressed for a blizzard year-round. Is anybody who work for the Weather Channel? Is anybody who listen to my podcast? Can you please tell me? Well, who's behind? Yeah, I think the supermarkets are behind that. Right? Ralph's, Shaw's, Gelson's, fucking Whole Foods, all of them. That's their payola. You know, with the big-time corporations, they wait for the political elections. That's when they start throwing their money around and start calling up a truck full of hookers to go blow some Bible Belt and douchebag, right? I'm married. I got five kids. I love my wife, and I love Jesus. Support the troops, right? And then what do they do? They throw a big pile of money at them, have two, three whores drop to their knees, and next, what, what, next, what happens next, huh? He comes on his blue blazer. That's what happens, everybody. Goes all over his red tie, and then he goes, ah, Jesus Christ. All right, you got me. You own me. You got video of it. Just tell me what you want me to do. I will pass any bill you want me to pass. For the love of God, don't let my wife see that. That's basically how that works. Well, let's let's stay on track here. Okay, the fucking weather. Does anybody listen to my podcast work? Did they ever work? Can you give me any sort of anonymous behind the fucking scenes over there? Why every time it's just going to rain? Do they scare the living shit out of us? Why is that? You know? How often are they right? It always is, It's always downgraded to a tropical storm by the time it comes here. Someone was telling me the entire East Coast, the way it's shaped, that's from years of hurricanes. Comes right into Florida and Georgia, South Carolina. Gives it a nice fucking uppercut to their southern balls and then slows the fuck down. Right over the Carolina, Virginia. You know? Then what? Time it hits D.C., Barack Obama's out on the porch drying off his nuts with those nice wind. That nice hurricane wind, right? Oh, Jesus. I don't know what I'm talking about. I just want to fucking go home. I was actually thinking, you know, when you, 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 know, when you fuck up in life, you're like, God, if I could just go back 48 hours, how I would do this differently? There's an Avis... In the lobby of my, uh, yeah, Jesus, there's a callback. I remember this time we left this comedian. He was always late. We had a car service to the airport. We were so sick of waiting for him. We were going to miss our flight. We just took off without him. We said, fuck him. And we got half, halfway to the airport, and he calls up all pissed off. He's like, yo, where the fuck were you? Where the fuck were you? We're like, dude, we waited for you 20 minutes. You didn't show up. And he's like, I was in the lobby. <laughs> And that became the catchphrase for the rest of the tour. I was in the lobby. Anytime you fucked up and people were calling calling you on some shit, you went over your time. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I was in the lobby. <laughs> oh, and it made us laugh. I don't know if it made you laugh. I don't give a shit. What are you expecting from me? I'm, I'm stranded. I feel like I'm being held hostage and my captors forgot about me, you know? Or maybe it was just all a practical joke. I have no idea. So whatever. Here I sit. You know, is anything sadder than a stranded comedian with no shows to do? <laughs> they got a 24-hour gym downstairs. I haven't used it. 
I've been talking to you guys about all the way to eat, the way to lose weight. I haven't been doing it. I'm eating pizzas. I had fish and chips today. I had fucking hamburgers. This is all during a hurricane. Big bad hurricane Irene. Fucking overrated. Ugh. So I'm sitting here. I realized, you know, tomorrow I'm like, finally, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Go home. I can see my girl. I can see my dog, right? Can have a good fucking time. You know? <laughs> can cruise around in my hybrid. <laughs> That's what I was looking forward to doing. And uh, all of a sudden I realized I was stranded here. So what do I do? Do I handle it like a man? Or do I start cursing like a little bitch? You know what the answer is. So once I'm done having my fucking temper tantrum, uh, excuse me, I uh, it's the fish and chips. I say, all right, I'm going to rent a fucking rent a movie here in the hotel. So I go to rent a movie. It's called Catching Hell. It's a documentary about the guy with the glasses who was at the Cubs game who uh, reached up for that foul ball that Moises Alou was allegedly going to catch. So I hit the info to watch the trailer, and they're talking about, they got this guy on there going and says how he worked for Sports Illustrated, and his assignment was to find this guy, whatever the fuck his name was, Steve Miserak. I don't know. I'm not from Chicago, so I don't give a shit. I don't know what his name is. All right? His, he goes, my assignment was to find this guy, and he goes, my heart sank. You know, because I actually felt for this guy. I didn't want to go see him. And I said to my editor, why can't we just leave this guy alone? Can't we just leave the guy alone? He goes, no, go find him. And then they start showing the highlights of this dude. And for those of you who don't know the play, basically the Cubs haven't won the World Series since 1908. You know, they're a game away from going. They're five outs away from going to the fucking World Series. Sorry to all the Cub fans. Just hit fucking mute for the next 10 minutes. Um, they got the five outs away. So some dude, right, uh, left-handed batter, hits a slicing foul down the left field line. It's right there, and uh, the Cubs left fielder Moises Alou, he's got a chance to make a play, and all the all these fans reach up to grab the ball, but the, the it just hits one guy, and uh, Moises Alou flips out because he doesn't catch it, and he sort of yells towards the fans like, "What the fuck? I could have caught that." And then after that, the wheels start falling off. But they got a double play ball. Gonzalez could have made it, but he booted it. And, for, and then they let up eight runs. They lose the game, and then they lose game seven. And then everybody wants to murder this fucking kid. So this guy is basically sold that they're going to basically interview the guy, as far as I could fucking tell. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's fascinating. I want, I, let me watch this. God, God knows I got the time. Let me watch this movie. All right. So I go to order it, and it doesn't allow me to, so I got to call downstairs to have the, uh, you know, I don't know what, somebody had kids or something, they didn't want to rent a porno, so I had to get that, you know, switched over so I could actually be an adult and pick out a movie. So I watched this fucking thing, all right, about the Cubs, about their history, about their curse, about this poor bastard that got used as the scapegoat. This is what I was sold. This is the bill of goods. I was sold. Okay? After 36 hours of being lied to by the fucking Weather Channel, I want some truth in my life. 
This is what you're telling me this thing is about. This is how you're advertising it. I want to see it. Do you know what the first 15 minutes of that movie was? It was taking me through the Red Sox in 1986 as they excruciatingly slowly replayed the Bill Buckner incident. And I'm sitting there watching it. All of a sudden, I'm looking at Bill Buckner. I'm like, what the f- did I order the wrong fucking thing? I don't want to see this shit. Do you understand? This is like my baseball 9-11. I don't ever want to. You know that? Like the 10-year anniversary of, of 9-11's coming up. And like, they, I don't want to watch any of that. I don't ever want to see that footage again. Like, how the fuck could you ever forget it? It's absolutely fucking horrific. Horrific. I don't want to see it. I don't need to see it to remember it. I'll never forget. It's our Pearl Harbor. My grandmother still doesn't like Japanese people because of Pearl Harbor. Okay, if she can remember that shit, I don't think I got a problem. Remember something 10 fucking years ago. Okay, so now anyways, total, total fucking tangent there. So I'm watching this thing. And for the first 20, just to warn Red Sox fucking fans, the first fucking 15 minutes of this movie is the Bill Buckner thing. The thing that we left behind. It's so funny because Paul Versey just texted me the, the night before during the hurricane. Typical fucking Yankee fan. Typical Yankee fan living in the past. Right? He, he texts me. He goes, hey, Bill, what was, what was worse for a Red Sox fan? He goes, Buckner or Aaron Boone? Just out of nowhere. We weren't even talking baseball. And I was just like, I was like, neither, dude. It's like, I don't even think about that shit anymore, to be honest with you. And then he gets mad at me. Ah, typical Red Sox fan. Terrible fucking answer. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, I don't know what he wanted out of me. So I just text him back. It's like, dude, I haven't thought about that shit since 2004. It's over. You know what it is? It's Yankee fans used to be able to bully Red Sox fans about that shit because we hadn't won one forever. You know? So they just, I think that they, they miss. They're kind of like our big brother who just beat the shit out of us forever. And then one day we were the same height. And kick the shit out of him, you know. And then they just, they, it was over. We're not scared of you anymore. We expect to beat you. It's fucking over. And I, I think they still don't know what to do. You know? Wait a minute. We used to tease you and we used to always win. And yeah, now you don't. Now you don't. Now we got this, the biggest choke of all fucking time has hung around your neck. That'll never be beaten. When do you guys think another $220 million, $10 million team, whatever the fuck it was, with five first ballot Hall of Famers is going to lose four games in a row after being up three games to none? I'm asking you. To a fucking team that hasn't won a World Series in like 100 years. Right? He had just asked me about that, and I swear to God, I had not thought about Buckner. Yeah, since like 04. It was fucking, it was over. It was great. I don't even give a shit now. I don't even give a shit, and I got to tell you, it's phenomenal to sit down and watch a Red Sox game and expect something good to happen. And when something bad happens, you get upset at the player rather than some sort of specter or some sort of ghost or some oogly-boogly horseshit, right? So I'm going to watch this fucking thing, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're showing... I mean, dude, they broke... They almost broke down Bill Buckner more than they broke down this poor Cubs fan. And in the end, the dude doesn't get the interview. There's no interview. 
They just talk, they, all they, but what I still recommend it. I'm still rec- recommending it because they show um, they talk to the people. Some people, I guess, they found the people who like threw beer at them. They talked to the security guard who was removing him, giving him shit that he now feels bad that he did. And they have the footage of him going out of the ballpark and putting the jacket over him. It's fucking amazing what happens to this dude. And uh, I, I totally recommend it. But I just there should have been some sort of warning for a Red Sox fan. It was like walking, going, running into your old psycho girlfriend. Somebody who stalked you or something. Just somebody you just hadn't even thought about. 2004, seven years. I haven't thought about that shit. I haven't even thought about that in fucking seven years. And all of a sudden, this documentary about the Cubs, they just go blow by blow through the Buckner thing. Because I guess they wanted to show how Buckner was used as the scapegoat, despite the fact Bob Stanley threw the wild pitch. And how this kid was used as as the scapegoat for the Cubs, despite the fact that Gonzalez booted a fucking double play ball, which would have got him out of the inning. Um, I don't know. It's I. It's definitely interesting. But I was I was more than upset that and and oh, and they they even show the Aaron Boone home run, which I don't even remember because that was basically annoying for about twelve months, you know because it was immediately rectified and uh but it was just one of those things i don't know i don't fucking know but i i gotta be honest with you i never really felt bad for cubs fans i never did because you know they didn't have that anger they're the midwest i don't know what it is they're positive i don't don't know what it is they just didn't have that anger or misery you know with the red sox back in the day it was every yankee success was our failure and with the Cubs, they just, you know, hey, let's play two. zippity doo da It was like a big fucking keg party, you know? It's like they didn't even give a shit. Even their, their curse was stupid. The curse of the goat, it was just fucking stupid. Um, made no sense. It's a ballpark. You got a goat, it doesn't belong here. It's going to shit all over the place. Get it out of here. I curse you, really? Um, any fucking ways. So they actually bring up what, like, scapegoating. I'm actually ruining this entire thing. You probably don't have to fucking rent it. They start talking about what is, how they came up with that terminology, the scapegoat, and it went back to religion. Oh, geez. That I guess back in the day, I don't know what the hell religion it was. They're all fucking stupid when you really get down to it. Other than their do unto other stuff that every religion has. Um, they would basically have a goat. They bring a goat in, and I'm thinking, all right, they're going to sacrifice it or whatever. And they wouldn't. The, the priest would lay his hands on a goat for once instead of some unsuspecting child. <laughs> oh, a little molestation joke for you. How'd you guys like that? Huh? Do you like that on your Monday? Do you think that that was crossing the line? Well, fuck you. I'm stranded in New Jersey. Fucking New Jersey. Huh? Jesus Christ, what a bunch of animals. You know what amazes me about New Jersey is how they still support John John Bon Jovi or the Bon Jovi band to the point that that band can sell out Giant Stadium. (laughs) Still. 
Unbelievable. That's Jersey for you. 70,000 people singing, singing along. Lay your hands on me. <laughs> your love is like bad medicine. What I need. Whoa. Fucking acid wash as far as the eye can see. Dirty Jersey. Actually, I think New Jersey, underrated, is New Jersey. It's fucking phenomenal. All these New York snobs. Paul Verzi being one of them. I'm really trashing him this week. Paul Verzi's your typical New York snob. And I hope you're listening to this, Paul. Or I hope when somebody sends this to you. Um, yeah, he's he's a snob. He's one of those guys who just thinks because he's on the other side of an imaginary line that all of a sudden... <laughs> I don't know what, that the trees are greener, the grass is green. I don't know what the fuck it is. You know what I really realized? Like most New Yorkers judge New Jersey on their drive to Newark Airport when they go by all those chemical plants. Look at it. It's a fucking shithole. Oh, right. Despite the fact that all some of the most major celebrities live here. What do you think they live next to the plant? You know, all those fucking guys down on Wall Street. The children of the Illuminati, they all live out there in Red Bank with their fucking uh, Rockefeller estates. I know, but they they got New Jersey license plates, therefore it must suck. Anyways, let's get back to the scapegoat. Um, So basically, the, uh, the priest would take a day off from diddling kids and he'd lay his hands on a farm animal. And one would think he would grab the horns and then start fornicating. But this that's another story. What they would do with the, with the goat is he'd lay his hands on it, and he would basically somehow, I guess after everybody confessed to this douchebag, he would then place all of the sins on the goat. And then they would just banish the goat and send it out of town with all the sins, and then everybody's souls were going to be clean again. But this is the funny thing. As the goat left, people would line up on either side of the street, and they would <laughs> they would heckle the goat. And jeer at him. Eh, you fucking adulterous piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, why don't you jerk off again, you cunt? Just yelling about the sins that they did. I don't know what it was. Yeah, keep stealing from the pot at work, you selfish prick. Yelling at a farm animal. You know, I swear to God, I would love to have a segment on here. Of all the stupid fucking things that 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 they do in religion, that people, you know, there's no fucking way there wasn't somebody like me back then going, dude, this is fucking. Why are we yelling at a goat? You know, I mean, how you you banged somebody's fucking wife, you stole money from work, you know. You booted an old lady in the ass. Do you really think it's in the goat now and it's just walking? I just don't fucking get it. Even if they filled your head up with it as a kid, at some point you got to be looking at it like this is a fucking goat. It's got nothing to do with it. So anyways, they would just jeer at this thing and they'd send it out of town and then everybody would be absolved. And I don't know where the goat would go. Sometimes they say they'd take the goat and they would throw it off a cliff. You know? I know. It's extra painful for me because I fucking love goats. I really do. I was actually feeding some this morning. 
I don't know what it is about them. I think they're fucking hilarious. You know? I got this buddy who lives out here, right? He's got this giant house. There's all this fucking land. And he's got farm animals, farm animals on it. And I'm thinking he's got these fucking things because he's like me. He's He likes... He thinks goats are funny or whatever. And it isn't. I found out that there's tax laws out here that if you farm on your land, you only have to pay property taxes on one acre so he went out and got these goats he doesn't even give a shit about them (laughs) can you fucking believe that he's got like 10 goddamn goats and he has to go out there with his bucket of feed every day (laughs) he's got to feed these things and his heart isn't in it that's what kills me it's just just pay it just pay the taxes. If I it would be worth it to not get up there with that lunch pail of Cheerios every fucking morning. Jesus fucking Christ, what is wrong? It's just money. It's paper. Who gives a fuck? You just you know, work a couple extra hours. Fuck it. What do I owe you? You sit down, you write numbers on a piece of paper, you stick it in a magic envelope, you fucking lick it, you send it out. Next Jesus Christ, you're going to sit there and have a bunch of goddamn livestock? This fucking guy, I swear to God. If 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 you had a giraffe... Oh, what do you guys want? What do you guys want? Hang on, this is the hotel. Yeah, sorry about that. I had to go answer the phone. I, I couldn't even figure out how to work the fucking phone. It's probably somebody above me. I was probably yelling too loud. God knows what they were mad about. You know, just think about some of the shit I've made fun of. You know, Jesus, bestiality, and Bon Jovi. You know, they all hold the same weight here in New Jersey. Um, the hell was I talking about? Oh yeah, this fucking guy. I swear to God, if he if he he would get a giraffe, you get like five giraffes if if he only had to pay like a quarter acre tax. That always amazes me when people like that in the money. You know. I mean, I, I obviously give a fuck about money. I want to have enough to survive. But uh, the amount of shit that didn't work and I never took it back just blows my I, I I've probably kept at least 25 grand worth of shit that doesn't work in my life. I just, ah, you got to be shit. You see, what the fucking problem? These fucking pieces of shit. And I go off. Then my girl goes, oh, why don't you return it? Ah, I'm not doing that shit. Standing down there with the sales slip like some angry old fucking lady. I'm not doing it. Who the hell would be calling me? Now I'm all self-conscious. Ah, whatever. If I'm too loud, knock on my door. I swear to God, I bet it was the Bon Jovi shit. Um, anyways, let's get on with the podcast. This is the Monday Morning Podcast, everybody. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. Um... This is, yes, and if you're thinking this is extra dirty and extra angry this week, no. This is how it is every fucking week. All right, do one of these every week. I I do them on Monday mornings because I know most people hate their jobs or they hate their commute or they hate their spouse or they hate themselves, you know, and they they need a break. And it's also a great way to whore out wherever the fuck I'm going to be. Speaking of which. I am going to be in uh, Columbus, Columbus, Ohio, 
at the Funny Bone down at the mall, not bragging, on the uh, September 9th, 10th, and 11th. That is my next gig. I'm going to try to go to that uh, Ohio State game. You know, it's in September. That's always a dangerous one. You know, to go to a college football game in September. Who are they playing, huh? Are they playing Wentworth Technical Institute? <laughs> you know, I'm new to college football over the last couple of years, and evidently that's what they do. They got all their cupcake games in the beginning of the year. And uh, I guess these other colleges, uh, they pay money to to play these giant teams and get the living shit kicked out of them on television just to, I don't know what, to expose, to get TV exposure for their school? I have no idea. Speaking of scapegoats, their entire fucking Division Three team goes out there a bunch of, up against a bunch of roided-up Division One guys or whatever the fuck they're doing now. I don't know. And then they get the shit kicked out of them. But I don't know. Every once in a while... An Appalachian Mountain State uh, Community College will beat a Michigan. So I don't know who they're playing that weekend, but I'm going to go down there. Uh, I was looking forward to it until I spent fucking 14 straight days on the road. But uh, anyways, the podcast. Um, anyways, if you want if you wanted me to read any emails, any questions you have, any are underrated, overrated, uh, send them to bill at com. If you'd like to follow along on the podcast, go to www.themmpodcast.com. Now, a lot of you guys keep just typing in mmpodcast.com and like, what the fuck? I can't find it. It's themmpodcast.com, like the Ohio State University. Okay? That's what it is. That's where all the YouTube videos, videos are. That's where you can contact me and all of that stuff. We have a donation button. If you'd like to uh, donate any sort of money towards the podcast, we'd greatly appreciate it. And uh, we also have uh, the podcast Select. And this is where I interview interesting people. I've only done one of them, but I like to speak of them as if it's a giant library. I got one. They're 99 cents. There's a great way to contribute. 99 cents and you get something. If you want to listen to NFL football star, right tackle Ephraim Salam. Talk about trying to rip somebody's voice box out as they as that guy tried to fucking break his arm. That interview is there. And uh, I will be doing Monday morning podcast selects as I meet interesting guests. That's how I'm doing them. All right? When somebody, uh, somebody different. Okay? Because uh, I don't want to interview other comedians. I just feel too many podcasts are doing that. I've done too many podcasts talking about comedy. I don't have any comedy stories left. I really don't. And I got to be honest with you, aside from a couple of people who are really good interviewers, the Mark Marins, the Joe Rogans, and that type of shit, uh, I probably should have saved most of them for uh, the unmasked that I did with uh, Ron from Ron and Fez. I don't know where you can find that, but I did one of those this past week. And uh, i just been running my yap all fucking week. Why don't we get to something entertaining here? Uh, somebody sent me a um, this YouTube video this week. You really have to watch it, okay? It's one of those shows. It's basically it's a ripoff of The View. It's four broads sitting around, and they got, you know, the same thing. You know, they got the older one. They got the sexy one. They got the one who was fat and then got her fucking stomach tied up like a goddamn balloon knot. Now she's dropping weight faster than a junkie, right? I don't even know if that's true. I just looked around them, you know. They got the racially mixed chick. And they all got on their fucking shoes, right? 
Their little outfits. Ah, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Somebody's knocking. I'll let you know what this is. All right, you guys aren't going to believe this shit. That was security. And they just said that they they had a noise complaint. There was a lot of... Uh, the guy comes to... The, I go to the door, right? <laughs> this is so pathetic that at 43, I'm getting reprimanded. I feel like I'm in fucking high school, and I talk like it too. Um, let me adjust the levels here. Or maybe you turn up yours, because I don't want to get kicked out of here. Um... So I open the door, and there's this security guard, and he goes, uh, are you Ben? And I'm like, no. Because <laughs> I, I know that he knows my name's Bill. But this is the thing. When security interrogates you, you never offer any information. You know, are you Ben? No. And then I just looked at him like, is there anything else I can help you with? And he's like, uh, and he looks down on a piece of paper. Oh, are you Bill? And I was like, yes. Yes, I am. And he goes, uh, yeah, we uh, we got a noise complaint from uh, people on either side of you. Uh, these are VIP rooms on either side of you. And uh, talking about uh, it's very loud. There's a, a lot of cursing. And I'm like, all right. He goes, is there anyone else? No, wait, wait, wait. He told me, can you step out in the hall? And I go, for what? He goes, I need you to step out in the hall. And I said, for what? And then he just <laughs> goes into his spiel. You know, what the fuck do I need to step out in the hall for? <clears throat> Am I going to be able to hear you better? You know, sitting there acting like you're a goddamn state trooper with your, your fucking sport coat on. That has the name of the hotel on the lapel. I'm supposed to step out in the hall. I don't know who you are. Right? <laughs> I'm such a dick. It's ridiculous, right? So I made him basically say, I just stood in the doorway. And he asked me, he goes, is there anybody else in there? And I was like, no. And then, yeah, that's what he basically said, that I, I'm being too loud. Ah, Jesus Christ. I was cursing. I think it was, <laughs> you realize he said there's people on either side trying to sleep. And I was singing Bon Jovi songs at the top of my fucking lungs. All right. And I was also talking about bestiality, and I was trashing Jesus. You know what? This hotel's cool as hell, because when you really think about it, they probably should have kicked me out. Um, all right, so this is going to be my voice for the rest. This is Bill on Punishment Voice. I'd like to apologize to everybody here at the Sheridan. Um, anyways, you know what? Some rich cunts on the other side of the door with a fucking piece of one of those really fancy glasses that they think came from France but actually came from a fucking pottery barn um, if you can hear me go fuck yourself <clears throat> this is what you get for nuking the economy um, alright so anyway so I'm watching this show these four fucking broads on it okay this is nothing to I ought to be oh he told me this is this is your one and only warning next time you will be did he say ejected from the hotel? He had such hacky security, uh, like, terminology, you know? I don't fucking know. I, do you know how bad I just want to yell cunt at the top of my lungs right now and get ejected from the fucking hotel just so I can get out of Jersey? Maybe I should call up Paul Verzi and tell me to, you know, fuck that. That's what I'm going to do. After this podcast, I'm calling up Paul Verzi, and I'm having them coming down and get me. All right? 
You don't fucking threaten me next time I come up here. What are you, my fucking dad? Fucking douchebag. Ah, Christ, I swear to God. You know what's funny about the male voice? Is it, uh... Is it carries? You ever notice that? When there's a couple next door, you can never hear the woman's voice. You just hear the guy every once in a while go... You know, you never hear the broad, so I'm probably going to get kicked out. What do I do? Hey, you know what? Go fuck yourself. I'll take a cab back to New York. Then, they probably, of course, they probably won't show up because they're still afraid. Afraid of the Weather Channel. Um, anyway, so these four fucking broads are on TV, right? And they ended up, they're talking about that guy. They're doing that story, you know, that story where that dude got his dick cut off. I'm going to have to raise the levels here. There we go. How's that? Is that better? All right. So they're talking about that guy who got his dick cut off. His wife drugged him, tied him to a bed, cut his dick off, threw it in a garbage disposal, and turned it on. And it was basically because he wanted to get a divorce from her. She mutilated him. She ended the guy's fucking life. Any sort of quality life is over. And... These women are talking about it, and lo and behold, it's fucking hilarious to them. They had all they could do to keep a straight face during the first minute of setting up the story, and then all the jokes come, and they're laughing their fucking asses off. It's the funniest fucking thing ever. And this right here, it's because of that type of shit that I don't feel that I am misogynistic I just don't I think that I am just like women I trash women the way they trash guys it's just nobody pays attention to the broads they don't do you think if a guy mutilated a woman in any shape or form that four guys on a pregame NFL show would be laughing about it you know Sharon Osbourne was the guest and she goes Somebody asked, do you think the guy deserved it? And she goes, well, it depends on what he did. You know? I mean, that thought is totally overlaps the thought of those morons in the Middle East who cut women's clits off. You know? It's fucking medieval thought, and it's just considered silly. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know. But it maintains what I've always fucking said, that women will do to you exactly what they don't want you to do to them if you let them. And I think why so many guys are miserable in marriages is they get married too fucking young before they really know how to stick up for themselves in a relationship. And that's why before you know it, you're married and all your shit is either in the basement or the garage and she's barely touching it. And uh, and you're wondering what the fuck happened to your life. You know? I don't know. The video is is going to be up on the mmpodcast.com. You know something? This is actually, I like this, talking like this. This is very challenging to try and be funny with a late night DJ voice. All right, this next chunk of the podcast goes out to the ladies. Ladies, if you're out there and you're single, hang in there. There's a date rapist on the horizon. This next song, 
Rape Me by Nirvana goes out to all you cunts. Um, I know there's somebody, <laughs> some Vanderbilt on either side of me going, he's cursing again. Um, anyways, uh, being on the road, what did I want to talk about? Bitches laughing at dick being cut off. Already talked about that. Wanting to go home. Talked about that. All right. Last week, uh, I was, I, we showed that YouTube clip about that guy running on that soccer field and getting, uh, you know, getting beat down by the cops. And then the crowd overwhelms the cops and beats down the cops. And I wanted to hear from the police officers to just ask basically why they're such dicks when they pull you over. Um, not in a judgmental way, but just I'm just basically asking the question the way all drivers talk. So we have a cop responding here. He says, hey, Bill, not all cops are assholes. Some are just lazy. Uh, the summer after my sophomore year. In, oh, no, 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 no. This is a different one. Where the fuck is the one from the cop? That's the one I want to hear. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see if I can read this before being ejected from the hotel. Uh, you know what's going to be the worst is if I do get ejected. This guy's going to be standing here uh, with this security fucking jacket on in my hotel room watching me gather my things. So once again... I already have a game plan for that. If I come, if there's another knock at my door, I'm not opening it. I'm going to look through the peephole and I'm talking through the door. Sir, will you open the door, please? And I'm going to go, why? Because, <laughs> uh, uh, and I'm just going to ask him straight out, am I being ejected from the hotel? Uh, yes, sir, you need to let me in. Uh, and I'll just bolt the door and I'm going to be like, listen, I'm going to gather my things. I'll be out there in five minutes. You just sit tight. All right, you with no fucking badge. All right, what are you going to do? Take off your shoe? Is that what you're going to do? Try and throw it through the crack in the door? It's not going to hit me. What a fucking asshole. Can you step up into the to the lobby, into the, the hallway, please? Ah, go fuck yourself. Huh? You're fucking half a cop. You're half a security guard. Will I step out into the hotel? Uh, no, I won't. Well, okay, then I'll just just stay there then. You douchebag. Um. Anyways, let's plow ahead. So here's a cop. Uh. Um. Okay, Bill. Uh, the, the thing about this job is basically that we have no fucking idea who we are dealing with at any given time. Just because someone looks sweet and innocent and just because the situation isn't likely to escalate doesn't mean that they're not capable of murder or that the situation may go pear-shaped quickly. I don't even know what that means. Pear-shaped? I know what a shape is. A pear is shaped like. What, what, what shape is it before it goes pear-shaped? Is it an apple shape? Listen, buddy, you can't talk shop because you're going to lose me. I'm not that bright a guy. Um, anyways, I can't tell you how many times... That someone said to me, like I'm going to do anything. People, oh, what about that person running upstairs, huh? Can you eject that eight-year-old eight out of the fucking hotel? All right. <clears throat> you know, I feel, I feel like right now, like, uh, either I'm announcing a golf match or um, I'm, I'm reporting live from a hostage situation. Okay, they're talking to him right now. He still has the weapon. 
up to the woman's head. You can clearly see that she's frightening. Okay, there's somebody flanking him on the left. Oh, he doesn't like that. Okay, he's fired a shot. It missed. And, oh, they just took him down. Oh, my God, he's been shot in the head. And they have the woman. Um, anyways, here we go. Plowing ahead here. Um, so anyways, the amount of times this guy pulls people over and the person behind the wheel says, like, I'm going to do anything. People think that I know, oh, the people, the drivers and stuff think that I know them their whole lives and know that they're cap that they're incapable of harming anyone. But I don't. I always think back to the Academy and all the videos we watched of cops getting killed or nearly killed because they made one mistake or had a lapse in the paranoia that keeps us safe. See that? I knew it. I knew it was something that they showed him at the Academy. Uh, he said, another thing to remember is that there is a gun at every call and every traffic stop. The gun on my belt. No man is invincible, and a lucky punch can knock me unconscious, leaving me vulnerable to, take, to them taking my weapon and killing me or others. For this reason, we like to keep some distance. We don't like to be touched, and above all, we can't allow people to get the opportunity to take control of our weapon. Um, so when someone uh, squarely are not listening to my commands, they may get cuffed and put in the back of my car until everything is figured out. They may not like it, but I am going home at the end of my shift, not to the morgue. Um, that leaves another point of control. No one likes to be bossed around and told what to do. But when the police are there, we're there for a reason. Someone called us or we have a reason to believe that we're needed. Once we're there, we have to be in control. We call the shots. Not um, not forego or to be on a power trip, but because if we lose control, we're fucked. It's our ass if someone gets hurt in our present, and it's literally our ass if we get hurt or killed. If someone thinks that they can do what they want or walk over me, how am I supposed to do my job? Uh, as for the videos you recently posted, those cops with the name changer were absolutely terrible. If there is a lawful warrant for that guy's arrest, despite the reason... Uh, it is their job to arrest him. Um, the suspect knew about the warrant. I don't even know what video this is, and didn't take care of it. Now he has to see a judge. They should have just—they should have used much more force to take him into custody. But the reality of it is, you can't just be able to keep passively resisting a cop until until the cops let you go. Uh, they can't let you go. All right, here we go. The video at the stadium was disturbing. They shouldn't have been obviously jabbing the guy with their batons, but they had the right to take him into custody. People running around sports fields isn't and shouldn't be tolerated. Are they supposed to stop the game and wait for him to be finished with running around? What if he assaulted or killed an athlete? Then everyone would be crying that the cops didn't do anything. There's a great point. Also, when we deal with people, 90% of the possible danger from them is their hands. If you're laying on your hands and I can't see them, I will expect the worst. How am I supposed to do, how am I supposed to know what they are lay, that they aren't laying on a weapon? Uh, when I want your hand, give me your hand or I will use force to get them out. Yeah. There you go. Uh, one last thing is tasers. Uh, they are amazing tools. I've been tased in training and yes, it sucks, but it beats getting thumped or shot uh, where in the old days a guy may get the crap beat out of him or his brain concussed, now he gets an electric ride for five seconds. It's also amazing because a suspect can be cuffed while being tased. Basically, less chance for everyone to ser to get seriously hurt. Why should I risk getting seriously hurt or killed going hands-on with someone when they can just be tased? Um, 
Yeah, you know what somebody told me a long time ago? If you want to make, if a, you get pulled over by a cop, a great way to help them relax and maybe bring down them being a dick to you is uh, have your hands where they can see them. You know, if it's during the day, I always put them like right on the steering wheel. I get I get pulled over a lot, by the way. Uh, not as much, I guess, back in the day I did because I used to just drive eighty miles an hour anywhere I was going. You know, there's only so many fucking farms you can look at. Um, you know, it's funny is I'm still nervous about getting thrown out of here. And the only reason why is because some of the roads are washed out and I don't know where the fuck I would go, but I don't know why I'm nervous. Cause I am now speaking in a speaking tone. If I'm not allowed to speak, you know, this is actually great stuff. What if I show the hotel security, my hands, maybe he'll allow me to stay. <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, I, I put my hands right on top of the steering wheel where they can see them. Um, if it's a sunny day, I have one hanging out the car window where they can see it, and the other one I just put on top of my head like an ape chilling out in, a, in, in the zoo. You know, when they sit there and they just have that one arm draped over their head. Uh, I sit like that. And then when they show up, I just have my hands on the steering wheel. And... Uh, and you know what? They're still assholes. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a crapshoot, you know? So, but I think this guy brought up a lot of great points. What the fuck is he supposed to do? And that's a great point. If the guy ran on the field and did something to an athlete, then they would blame the security. And they would be screaming and yelling at them, you know? Which probably goes back to the Weather Channel, that if they don't scare the living shit out of people, that they would get blamed for not warning people. But I think it has more to do with uh, scaring people, gives them great ratings. Um, so I don't know. Any more cops want to weigh in? Uh, here's one for you. I want to know what what do you guys think about that? You can anonymously talk about this as cops. That kid who got shot on the subway platform and died New Year's Day in Oakland. Um, the dude definitely wasn't being compliant. He definitely wasn't giving them, showing him his hands. And this guy, I don't know. He's like the Manchurian candidate. All of a sudden the guy said the wrong thing. The guy's laying on his stomach. One cop's got his foot on his neck. I mean, the dude is down. And all of a sudden, this one kid just stood up, takes out a gun, and just shoots the guy right in the back. And the dude's like, what the fuck? You shot me. And he ended up dying. Um, you know? What about that one? That, that's, that's one. This is what I should say for the podcast select, because that's what I want to ask. And then I want to like just have somebody go on there anonymously and just say what you think about it. Should have that cop gone to jail because uh, he got what basically usually happens when a cop shoots somebody is he got off. Um, I don't know, but I don't want to. I don't want to do this whole cop thing attacking cops. I'd like to try to create some sort of forum where you can actually anonymously present your side and not worry about pissing off other cops or worry about pissing off victims or any of that type of shit. Cause I think it's, I don't know. It's one of those things for some reason, I guess I know why the reason is there's too much shit at stake. So people don't talk about it. Um, this, that could have been a lot more fun topic. If I didn't have to speak in my timeout voice. This is officially the first MM podcast timeout. Oh no, wait a minute. That fucking old bastard downstairs. You know something? I think I'm a loud asshole. I think that that's what it is, you know? 
on both sides of the country, I've been told that I'm too loud and I need to shut the fuck up. So, you know, at some point, you got to look in the mirror and realize it's you. All right, let's plow ahead here. All right, advice for the week. Bill, I've known this young lady for a few years, and we're very fond of each other. Uh, but she has had, she's had, she has a possessive boyfriend with a stupid haircut, and a couple of times when she's broken up with him, she's come to me. Uh, but then she goes back to Macro Man. Uh, this is the thing that bothers me. Whenever things have got, gotten sexual between us, like I go down on her and blow her fucking mind, this guy has definitely got confidence. He goes, she never returns the favor. She gets disgusted. She even gets disgusted if I sulk in my seat that I didn't get any. Dude, sulking is like, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what turns women on, but I can tell you the exact opposite of turning a woman on, if you want to have the exact opposite Spanish fly, would be sulking. Nothing <laughs> makes a pussy dry up like sulking. Just letting you know right there, okay? Um, but nothing makes it wetter with complete indifference. Um, anyways, <laughs> once she said callously, oh, after she did, after the guy went down on her and then she, he didn't get a blowjob, <clears throat> she once callously said, have a wank to alleviate my horniness after having her completely naked on my chair, worshiping her and pleasuring her holes. Jesus Christ, buddy. Thank God I'm not yelling. That one right there would have kicked me out. Uh, it was just me with the styrofoam cup. Another time when we had intercourse, we were drunk. She stopped me halfway through and she even stopped halfway through uh, a shit doing you a favor hand job. She's never made me come. These are only, the only examples of when she tried to get me off. And I'm a good-looking chappy, so it's not that. Recently, I boycotted her body. I said, let's be friends to be strictly platonic. I won't even play with her norks. I'm guessing that's her titties. Uh, this, has, this has had the result of her trying to rekindle things like the old magic. Um, if she's not that into me... What the fuck is going on? I'm finished with her, but any insights you can give is a treasure. All right, first of all, dude, you're not finished with her. Um, just halfway through writing that, you probably realized what a sap you were being. All right? Okay, first of all, who's kidding who? You're, you're fucking with a psycho. All right? And uh, I don't know. This is, a very, this is a very touchy one to talk about here, but um, this girl strikes me as one of those girls who wants to be put in her place and wants to be bent over something and wants a guy to tell her what the fuck is what, all right? Okay, consensually. Do you understand what I mean? Okay, don't take this the wrong way. Go in and just fucking give, him a forearm, give her a forearm shiver, right? I'm not saying to do that, all right? You know, some girls are cunts and they know they're a cunt and they want a guy to, to basically tell them that. It, it, it could be this. I have no idea. But I can tell you one thing right now. Sulking and keep coming back for more. You're like Charlie Brown. She keeps pulling the football out. And, uh, you know, if you want to fuck this girl, walk away from her. Stop returning her phone calls and all that type of shit. You, you basically started to do that when you boycotted her body. But then you said, let's be friends. That's a weak move. Okay. What's, this girl, I think, wants to see you be a fucking man. All right? And you're not. You're going down on her. You're pleasing her. And she's doing everything. 
everything she can to disrespect you and you're allowing it. Um, and I think that's turning her off. And I think she's a fucking sadistic psycho. So she's getting you off and she's leaving you with blue balls. You know, I don't know. That might be it. Or she might be fucking angry at something else and she's taking it out on you. All I know, dude, is walk away from this girl. Just walk away from her. But for some fucking reason, you still want to bang her one more time, blow her off. Blow off her texts and her calls for like a week and a half. And then randomly answer one. And when you pick up the phone, just just have a whatever vibe. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, I've been returning my calls and my, or my texts. Yeah, I've been busy. What's up? You want to hang out? No. Why not? Yeah, you know. I don't know. What do I want to hang out with you for? And get blue balls? You know? You're fucking selfish. You're fucking annoying. Leave me alone. You know? That's probably too angry. But just... <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm fucking angry right now that I have to talk like this. Um, yeah, just blow her off and just be... You know? And when you go to meet her, meet her in a public place. Don't go over a place where she can immediately, she's going to dress extra sexy when you come over there because she's trying to get that power over you again. Meet her in a fucking public place and be talking to her as you're kind of glancing around the room, you know? Sort of hit on another girl while she's standing there. I'm telling you. You know? And when she asks you to go home with her, don't. Just say, yeah, I'm cool or whatever. You know? Fucking blow her off. If she ever calls you again, she wants to hang out or whatever, tell, tell her to come over to your place. And the second she starts acting like a douche, kick her out. I don't know. It's, it's, it's What sucks about a girl like that is immediately you got to try to get into her head, then you got to start playing games. It's not worth it. There's, there's too many decent girls out there who will, when they take the dick out, they will fucking complete whatever you want. So I would just walk away from her. Um... Let's be friends. Jesus Christ, buddy. That and sulking, you need to take... Those are the two parts of your game you need to work on this off-season. All right? And then maybe next year you'll get the ring. Okay, good luck. All right, next one. Bill, I'm a cubicle-dwelling, suffocated engineer in Texas. I was rushed through the college machine with all the rest of the cattle, destined to find a job, don some pleated khakis, and live the rest... Live the rest of our lives in a steadily paid servitude of the man. But a few years ago, out of college, uh, oh, but a few years ago, out of college, and I hate it. I think you're saying I'm a few years out of college and I hate it. Uh, I wish I'd follow my desire to be some sort of a writer. And after listening to your podcast, among others, and hearing from friends that I should have, I wish I'd given stand up a shot. Well, now I'm 30 years old, staring down the barrel of 35 more years as a cozy, smug engineer, making six figures, but hating five out of every seven days of my life. I don't have any wife or kids, but I feel like I'm too old to jump back into being a starving artist. What do I do? Ah, dude, this is on you. All right. I would never tell somebody who's got a six figure paying job to jump into this fucking awful business. All right. Um, but I would never tell you not to do it. All I got to tell you is you can't half ass getting into this business. All right. Or you are going to be, you think you're hating your life now. 
uh, just picture hating five out of every seven days, except you're making fucking, <laughs> you're making low five figures and you're old now and nobody wants to fucking book you and you don't have any wife and kids. I'm telling you. All right. I'll give you this advice. If you decide to become a fucking comedian, there's no turning back. All right. And you got to go into it. You can't even consider quitting and it has nothing to do with fucking talent. It has to do with desire. I'm telling you. Um, that's what I would say. So what I would do if I was you, I would keep my six figure job and I'd start doing some open mics. That's what I would do. All right. And if you feel in your heart as you're standing on stage that this is what the fuck you want to do with your life. I would do it in a second because six figures, seven figures, if you're miserable, it's not going to be worth it. All right. But I don't know if, you know, you're into comedy, you know, the way I'm into playing drums. Drums are a hobby for me. I absolutely fucking love them, but there's no fucking way I would have, I was about to climb into a van with three other fucking guys. You know, and he pasta. I'm not going to do it. It just, I don't know. I actually played drums and I, I realized I didn't have it. You know, I didn't, I didn't have it as a musician and I didn't have that drive. Um, but when I got on stage the first time and I did comedy, I just, I, I never looked back and I was just like, this is, I'm doing this shit. So, um, there you go. So you have to answer those questions. So the best way to do it is to sign up for some open mics. All right. See how it goes and see how you feel. And it, like I said, if, if you feel like that's what you want to do, then I would, I would work towards it, but I would not quit that six figure paying job. Uh, you don't just quit your fucking job. You don't build up your time so you can swing out of that job into some fucking paid gigs. That's how I did it. Um, I kept my day job until I moved to New York City and I, I'd saved up a bunch of money. Um, you know, I'd paid off all my bills. I didn't have a car payment. I had nothing. And I moved to New York and I had a nest egg of fucking money. And, uh, and yeah, I've told these stories before. I ate fucking spaghetti every goddamn night. Three pieces of bread filled up my stomach. <laughs> And I just did stand up every night and I just did, I just wasn't doing stand up. I was working towards getting better at it, analyzing what I was doing wrong. And, uh, you know, but I would, I would never tell you to quit your job. And I would also never tell you that you can't start comedy at 30 years of age because you can. All right. So there it is, but it balls in your fucking court. All right. YouTube videos of the week. Uh, we had an earthquake here. Um, this past week, uh, best earthquake reaction. This is hilarious. It's like three guys on the MLB network or something like talking about baseball and all of a sudden the hurricane comes. Uh, it's fucking hilarious because people on the East coast don't know what an earthquake feels like. Uh, so they're sort of looking around like, um, wait a second. Is, is anybody else feeling something moving? Um, in defense of them, it was one of those little shaken ones. Um, Somebody sent uh, some home videos of Peyton Manning as a kid uh, 
running around whining or whatever. But uh, I, I'm too hard on Peyton Manning. It's fucking ridiculous how hard I am on this guy. But uh, everybody whined as a kid. But it's still funny as a Patriots fan to watch. Um, and here's two that I got. Um, it's called Fuck, Fuck the Police One. And this is hilarious. This is some guy. I don't know if he's in Brooklyn or what. This black dude who knows his rights has been harassed by the police, you can tell, his entire life or whatever. But he's screaming at the cops. That's the mistake he makes. They don't arrest him, but the shit he's saying, if he would just say it, if he just said it, I think he would have been fine, but he's screaming it. Um, and it's really funny. It's actually this guy <laughs> goes on for like 20 minutes and... uh I've said before, it's all about not losing your shit. And this guy loses his shit. But I don't think he ever gets arrested. But it's fucking hilarious. Um, and here's a YouTube video of the week. This was actually suggested by Paul Verzi. Uh, oh, uh, Will Forte. And this is a, a, a sketch with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is fucking hilarious in this sketch. Um, it's basically Will Forte. You know, everybody comes walking in. They're like a basketball team and they're getting their asses kicked. And Will Forte comes in and basically tells people that they shouldn't quit and that he had a coach and they played him this song one time when his team was down by 60 points. And by listening to the song, it amped him all the way up. And then he basically puts on some fucking song from the 1930s and starts dancing to it. And it's fucking hilarious. Underrated for the week. Will Forte. Guy is is fucking hilarious and uh please watch the director's cut of mcgruber highly recommend that and what else do we got here we got the uh woman cuts guy's dick off all the four broads laughing at that and i got one other one here what the fuck is it hang on hang on hang on um i'm the worst where the fuck did it go all right oh, oh wait don't say it too loud don't curse too loud we will eject you from the Sheridan. Um, oh, future gun owner. Oh, creepy game show host. There's another one that we have. Creepy fucking game show host. You should see this. I can't believe that this guy actually was allowed on air. And I showed it to Bobby Kelly. And he was laughing at just... This guy's fucking... The game show is basically a mother and a daughter. You know something? They already showed this on Tosh.0. Oh, I really try not to do that because I figure everybody sees him. But we'll put it up there just in case. But Bobby Kelly actually showed me another one. I don't know where the fuck this took place. It sounds like it's in Scandinavia. And this guy calls this kid up to sing a song. And he basically just starts kissing his back. It's, it's unbelievably disgusting. Uh, nibbling on his ear in the back of his hair as this kid is singing. It's fucking brutal. Um... All right, overrated, underrated for the week, and then I'm going to fucking wrap this pot. Holy shit, hour and 15 minutes. Time flies when you're whispering in a Super 8. Um, overrated, hand sanitizer. I've been sharing the company restroom with a bunch of coworkers who believe using hand sanitizer is the equivalent or even superior to washing their hands with good old soap and water. It's not. The rubbing alcohol in the hand sanitizer kills the bacteria and destroys virus presence on the hand, and that's about it. It does not physically remove... The genital grime deposited on the hands after a guy has finished jiggling his junk to get rid of the last drops of piss. These people also use other commodities such as the company refrigerator, therefore effectively covering every goddamn thing that they touch with their dead penis and vagina cells. 
All right. That guy is not short of descriptive adjectives. Uh, overrated. Lawns. People dump all kinds of chemicals to make them look pretty. Personally, I prefer clean water over a pretty lawn. Uh, overrated. The overnight. The other night, I decided to have a nice wank and crash out for the night. So I hop on the generic porn site and started browsing. Next thing I know, two hours have passed. I was still awake, hadn't wanked, and barely even had a Fleetwood Mac, soft rock, half chub, etc. Uh, I didn't even watch a full video, which I think no one really does. Total fucking waste. Instead, I just used the girls section of a Hurley catalog I had laying around, which worked pretty well. Just so we all know. All right, underrated. Paper grocery bags. Plastic bags are given to you by default at all the grocery stores I've been to. They should give you paper, and if you want plastic, you should have to ask for it. Uh, all right. This ends the uh, comedy, the Monday, first Monday morning podcast, comedy timeout. And I feel lucky because I did not get ejected from the hotel. Um, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this weird-ass fucking podcast. This podcast was like a Nirvana song. Started off loud, then got quiet, but never got loud again. Um, so I guess it isn't. It's like the first... Oh, yeah, shut the fuck up. All right, go fuck yourselves. That's the podcast. See ya.